Welcome to Actors Talk. In 1990, Bill Irwin and his dog Orient through-hiked the Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine. That's a 2,100-mile trek that took eight months. That in itself would make a fascinating story when you add in the fact that Bill Irwin was totally blind and Orient was his guide dog. You have a story that really is almost unbelievable. A story of perseverance and determination and faith that should be inspirational to everyone listening. Bill Irwin, who died in March of 2014 at the age of 73, wrote a book about this journey through the Appalachian Trail. The book was called Blind Courage. That is also the title of the film about his journey and his life that is currently in pre-production. Blind Courage, the movie. That is the topic of this episode of Actors Talk. Welcome, everybody, to Actors Talk. This is episode 55, in case you keep track of that sort of thing. My name is Tommy G. Kendrick. I am the producer and host of our digital get-together. I am an Austin, Texas-based SAG-AFTRA member actor, and I say that only to let you know that I'm an old fart who's been around a long time. Ah, oh, me oh my. Yeah, I've been... Uh, at this since about 1978 that's when i joined sag at least and that that's where i, where I track my professional the beginnings of my professional career from so thank you so very very much for being here i really do appreciate it if this is your first time welcome 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 and i hope that you will make it to the actors talk podcast.com website if you haven't already perhaps you're listening to the show from somewhere else when you go to the website there under the audio player you'll see a link for stitcher and one also for iTunes. If you are an iOS user, an iTunes user, an Apple user, an iPhone user, you're very familiar with iTunes. So click that and go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. And please leave a review while you're there. If you're an Android user or just not an iTunes user, you might prefer Stitcher. I really love Stitcher. I listen to podcasts in my car all the time through Stitcher. And you might check that out too. So pick one or the other or both and go there and subscribe. And that way you won't ever miss another episode. And you'll also be helping me out if you leave a review. Thank you so much. Paul O'Neill is the producer of Blind Courage and the director is Clint Ross. I am privileged to have them both with me in this upcoming interview. We'll be talking about how they both became attached to this project, how the project got started, where it's going, and about the fundraising campaign that they have just recently started on Indiegogo. It is a very ambitious campaign. We'll talk about that and more about the story, this very, very fascinating and inspirational story of Bill Irwin, Blind Courage, as I said, that is the episode of Actors Talk that we're about right now. So let's get to the interview. Well, what I like to do, guys, and I'll just take a minute to do this now because I, th I think people like to get to know the guests that 
they're listening to. If each of you would just take a minute to give me a little bit of your background. And Paula, I'll start with you because you're a lady and I'm old fashioned. So how about that? <laughs> <laughs> but if you can just tell us a little bit about where you're from and how, how long you've been in the business and, and also maybe how you got started as a producer, since that's your function on Blind Courage. Yeah, sure thing. So I'll start from the very beginning because I think that's really useful for people to hear. Um, I started off uh, when I was 14, I wanted to be a photographer. And uh, so I was sent to a film camp, the New York Film Academy in Princeton. Um, From there, I fell in love with storytelling and telling stories through images and uh, went to film school. I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design and studied film and television. Um, And then after that, I relocated to Los Angeles where I worked for film studio 20th Century Fox and I worked on commercials and reality television and just tried to find my place in LA and you know figure that whole thing out and I realized while I was out there that I wanted to create my own films and it was a little bit more difficult to do that there than it would be back home on the east coast in Maryland and that's where I'm from and that's where I am right now and now I've been producing films independently since 2006 and this project that we're working on Blind Courage with Clint is um, our first feature film and we're really excited to be moving forward. Just before I get to Clinton, let you give some of your background, Clinton. Paula, I'm just curious, how did you become attached to this project? Or did you uh, did you originate it or did you come on after it was already uh, sort of started? I did not. The way I got on this project is a very interesting story. And uh, so Clint uh, Ross and I went to the same college. And so I believe one of our film professors showed him my short film uh, as my senior project in his class after I had left and went to L.A. And Clint remembered that short film, I guess, and decided when he came across this book that he wanted to work with me and reached out to me on Facebook. And uh, from Facebook, we decided to work together. And from then on, it's just been a great partnership. Super, super. Clint, tell me something about your background and and sort of how you got started directing. And, and also, I'm just curious, always curious with creative people, when did the creative urge first take hold of you? Well, it's a, that's a great question for for myself, my background really stems in education. Uh, and when I say education, I really mean lack of education. I grew up in a dysfunctional home, and uh, I was what I was what most people call a latchkey kid. And um, due to just my lack of parental guidance as as a child, I had to really learn to. Uh, do things on my own. I became a very independent person, and uh, a lot of independent people uh, who, who you know have that uh, possibly that type of background, you know, really go internal with things, and and that's what I did. I really kind of created worlds and scenarios, and and I would run around the neighborhood and get uh, neighborhood kids together to go fight wars in the woods, you know, and all these types of things, and. Really, uh, looking back, I really developed my imagination in those years of my life. And, and years later, I became a Christian when I was 21 years old. And my life up to that point um, was, I barely even passed high school. I never read a single book in my entire life, all the way up to I was uh, 21. And after I became a Christian, I really had this thirst for knowledge. It was the weirdest thing. And I, I applied to college uh, to two or three separate colleges, and I was denied based off of my high school records. And I had to take tests and all these things. And I learned that I was never going to get in unless I could prove that I had what it took uh, on some of these tests that I was taking. So ended up going into local libraries and, and having to relearn. I started with elementary grammar 
and math, and I worked my way all the way up through high school, and I got to the point where I walked back into these same colleges, and I and I took a took their tests, and I passed it, and uh, I ended up going to college at Emmanuel College and pursuing a, a degree in Christian ministries. After I became a Christian, I felt like uh, God was calling me to to be a preacher, and my pastor used to tell me, "Well, a call to preach is a call to prepare." So I went and uh, I prepared for four years to enter into ministry, and for two years after graduation, I did. And something happened. I was using a lot of videos in my messages, and I really began to see that that people were being moved more by the by the videos than the things that I was saying. And I learned that you could teach and you could impact lives through 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 the use of video. And one day it just hit me I, as I was watching a video of of um, during one of my sermons that I realized, my goodness, here we have audio, we have words, we have images, we have all these art forms emerging. And it just captured my heart. And I remember I began to pray about next directions because I, I just could not shut off the fact that, that this medium that I was seeing, that it was a powerful medium in today's generation, in today's world. And so I actually went and pursued a master's degree in film and television from Savannah College of Art and Design and spent two years there uh, learning from some of the best. It was really there that storytelling and an understanding of something that I'd always done my whole life, just never really knew the fundamentals of storytelling and how to tell a good story. But it was more about uh, bringing an impact through storytelling. So that's really kind of how it came about for me. I mean, it's kind of a long-winded way to say it, but... Tell us how you came to be familiar with Bill Irwin's story and tell us briefly sort of the elevator pitch. What is the story of the film Blind Courage? I had read, well, first of all, I had heard Bill Irwin's story on the radio. I heard him speaking on, I believe it was focused on the family. I just was enthralled with his stories. And this was before I was even involved in filmmaking. But it was just the story that captured me. And years later, I'm in my one-year-old daughter's room, and I'm laying her down, and um, I sometimes would would do my devotionals <laughs> in in my daughter's room as she slept because it's just so peaceful there. And I remember I was just at a point in my life where I was in a major transition and an uphill battle with some things, and I, and I was reading in the book of Psalms where it talks about um, only the, the, the righteous can climb Mount God. And I remember as I was sitting there reading that, it reminded me of Bill Irwin's story. And I went back and I began to research about about him and I found the book. And I, I ordered the Kindle edition and I began to read it. And I was like, man, this is an amazing movie. This is, a, I see it. This is a movie here. And that same day, I shot Bill an email just explaining who I was and, and how I felt like that his story could be a movie. And I'd share with him an example of a movie I'd done before. And that night, I got an email back from from Deborah and Bill that they were very interested and wanted to speak with me. And the next day, we were on the phone talking, and it was really kind of a God thing that uh, we were we were really brought together. They were at a place where they were struggling, and they were actually at their pastor's house with their with the pastor's wife, and they were all sitting around praying about Bill's life and Deborah's life and the struggle they were going through when my email came through. And they realized at that point that it had been years since they had tried to pursue anything with the with the uh, book. Really? As far but, as turning into the a movie. The story seems so 
such a natural uh, property for for film? Had no one just been interested to that point? <laughs> there had been. There had been. There had been multiple producers, uh, both from Hollywood and, and independent, that had tried to to turn this into a movie, but. For some reason, Bill and those people just did not, they just did not collaborate well. I think majority wanted to remove God out of the story, and that was just one thing that Bill and Deborah did not want to compromise on. And that was one thing that from the beginning I had said that I didn't want to compromise on. And I think that was where the relationship was built and, and born, and, and that was from that point forward, Bill believed in me and told me every time we were on the phone, that God would give me the strength to do this and that I was the person to do this, <laughs> which was always a big thing. Uh, but I always respected that about Bill and appreciated that Bill. He was a mentor and uh, he really believed that we were the right ones to do this. You know, looking at both of your IMDb pages, what, one thing that struck me is the number of short films that you both have worked on. I mean, lots of short films, which I think is fantastic. I, I've, I've been acting for 40 years now, and only just in the last two or three years have I done several short films, not because I disdained them or anything, but they seem to be gaining more momentum as a form that is a legitimate form on its own. What is the value of the training for the young filmmakers coming up? For each of you, you might have an opinion on this, of, of working in the short film form. Has that boosted your confidence in your own work? I'm a firm believer in in short films and the and really cutting your teeth on how to structure a film, how to open a film, how to build to a climax, how to to you know find a resolution and um, how to uh, it's it's a perfect medium i think to because you, there's not a lot on the line necessarily as far as financially and so it's a great place where you can find collaboration you can find people who aren't necessarily going to be devoting months to something but will be devoting days you know sometimes weeks to uh, to a project and it's a great place to find other filmmakers who you work well with you know and for people to really learn their role you know what what route do you want to go and that sort of thing so right. mm-hmm. i think it's uh, i'm a firm believer in it and uh i will continue uh, hopefully to to make shorts it's a great place to test area test things out as well as primarily you know as a director you might be thinking uh, of working on particular shot designs or a mood or you know, some type of tone that you're trying to create into a bigger film, well, you can shoot a short that's around that that can help you to, uh, you know, develop your style in some way. So um, shorts shorts are great. Paula? My reasons for doing shorts have morphed over the years. And so in the beginning, doing short films was more or less practice for me, just kind of something to kind of keep me engaged in making films and telling the stories that I wanted to tell and just mainly practice as a producer and as a director. And then once I felt that I had enough experience, quote unquote, with short films, not that you're ever done learning, but once I kind of felt secure in myself and my own abilities, I started using shorts as sort of a, not a marketing tool, but like um, to meet people, you know, to, to, to hone in and find that ideal crew, to network with different people and expand those that I work with now. And, and then after that has happened, now I think of short films as kind of how Clint mentioned, if you wanted to work out an idea or if you wanted to use that short film to pitch a larger project, um, to be more strategic about it. 
Um, so if I were to do a short film now, personally, not that this is gold or right or wrong or anything, but the short that I would do next would either aid in that networking um, objective or B, um, help flesh out or promote a feature film concept that I have to show the people who we're talking to and want to be a part of the project that this is what we want to do on a small scale. Are you interested in going in with me on a larger scale? So it started off as a creative thing and a learning tool. Then it started off as a networking tool. And now it's, now it's a, here's what I can do in a short form. Let's talk about the long form. Yeah. I think all of those things are valid. One of the things I preach a lot here too, because the, the is called actors talk. And one of the, the, the thing is that the business has changed so much since I started and, and when I began many years ago, and to, to a certain extent, it's this way now, or at least a lot of people think it has to be, actors sit and wait for someone to call them mm-hmm. to act. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That's, that's really, you just don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. There's so much out there available in terms of affordable technology. Filmmaking is not cheap even today, but it's never been more affordable. And so uh, an actor such as myself or someone else who could find a writer or be a writer or a producer can do what you say, network with other people who have other skills and put something mm-hmm. together and be working on creative projects that increase their craft and grow their abilities and who knows, maybe even get them noticed in the business a lot more than just sitting on your couch waiting for an agent or a casting director yeah. to call you. So I exactly. think that's incredibly important. Yeah. Well, you know, too, if you, you know, you, if you go on IMDb and look at some of the, those, the films that we watch, the, the producers, the directors, the actors that are in those movies, you'll see in their filmography, you'll see shorts in there. And you, you're actually seeing more shorts that they're doing, kind of doing in between their their features. Mm-hmm. I, that's yeah, just something absolutely. I've noticed as I've kind of fished around on there. I'm noticing that trend a little bit more. Absolutely, I agree with that 100. percent Well, let's talk some. Let's get to to uh, blind courage here because there are a few things that I think we we need to make people aware of. First of all, you're in the beginnings, I guess, or, or you, I think you just started your crowdfunding campaign did you not within the last few days the last week so how how is that going and how long does it go it's as i recall it is an incredibly ambitious campaign (laughs) it is extremely ambitious we're in day three right now um and the campaign ends november 22nd which at today's date it's uh 28 days 28 days left um we've got a lot of excitement around it um and uh we're just hoping that people kind of activate and just not just look and like and share, but actually go on there and contribute because we do have a mammoth or Goliath or God-sized goal. And um, I do believe that we can reach it. Um, I really, really, really do. I know it breaks all of the Indiegogo rules. <laughs> now, did we say how much it is? Your goal it's, is 300000 right? $300,000 is the goal, yes. Yeah. And, um, and and I believe we can reach it, you know? So now, what, what portion of your total budget does that 300000 represent? Are you trying to do the film for 300000 or or is the, the total budget beyond that, but you're trying hopefully to raise that in this crowdfunding effort? Right now, the complete budget for the film is $300,000. Okay. You know, the... And everybody really has to go this. I'll put a link on the show notes. Don't try to worry about... Uh, 
remembering this because it'll be at actorstalkpodcast.com for you listener. You'll just go there and you'll find the link to the Indiegogo campaign and, and other information about Paula and about Clint and about the film. But one thing that's really impressive about that, as far as your marketing materials for your campaign is your video. I mean, yes. the, the videos are incredibly important and it looks, I thought you must've already gone out and shot some of the movie because that was the, the idea. Yeah. Because it's really detailed. And I mean, this, this movie has some challenges. It's, it's not, uh, it's not all interiors or one set thing. This is, this is, a, I guess, if not all, then certainly a large part of the movie has to be exterior and in some uh, challenging territory. And that shows in your video. How long did it take you to, to put together that video? Um, I, I'll start and then Clinton, you can finish. Uh, we okay. filmed on the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina and Tennessee for four days, I believe, um, maybe a month and a half, two months ago. Um, and it was very challenging. <laughs> Um, we've learned lots of logistical things that we know now that we need to do for the feature, but it was a lot of fun and uh, it took us four days to shoot. Now we did do that as a collaboration with um, a TV network called Inspiration TV and Clint can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, we had, um, we were able to partner with them to uh, really on a co-venture to create uh, a short for them for um, inspiration networks that would air on internationally to 150 countries, uh, both in satellite as well as on web, and uh, is to promote a website called tofindgod.com. And uh, I was able to go to I to I and I networks and pitch them this story, and uh, they liked it and said, you know, we would love to uh, help fund you guys, and uh, but we need to collaborate on this and. So you guys get what you want and we get what, what we want out, out of the project, which our goal was this, was what you, what you guys see on our campaign page. And that's, that's a concept trailer to show here's kind of the feel, what we're going for. Here's the story a little bit. Uh, you know, it's inspirational. It's a, it's a, it's a big story. It's, it's a castaway type story. You know, it's a uh, into the wild type of story of, of a blind man uh, in the in the middle of the wilderness, you know, uh, doing something uh, remarkable, and so we we needed to get on the trail and show that. I mean, there's a million ways we could have done this, but we wanted to show the trail. We wanted to show the struggle. We wanted to show the dog and 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 Bill Oberts Jr., who portrayed Bill Irwin. He was uh, a re- he's a remarkable actor out of uh, out of L.A. and gave us 125% the whole time and could not have asked for a better actor to portray Bill, Bill Irwin for this, uh, these preliminary shoots. So will he uh, be, will he be Bill in your feature or is that up in the air? It's up in the air right now. I mean, he, he has agreed that he would. Um, and, uh, you know, but at the same time we're looking at, you know, how big is this going to get? Uh, obviously if, if we did go with Bill, we'd, Bill Oberts, we would probably surround him with, uh, with you know more A or B list actors uh, uh, around his name to really uh, you know for the marketability of the film. But right. as far as acting ability, the guy's got it. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were real pleased with working with him, and and then in the preliminary shoots, really taught us a lot about the logistics of what this film's gonna 
what, what it's going to need. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you said, yeah, it's it's outside. Yeah, I think it also weather. <laughs> yeah, as as an observer, then what it also tells me, if I'm thinking of investing in this film, it tells me that you can do it. Yes. You know, you see a lot of projects on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, and, you know, a lot of them just aren't very good, or at least they yes. don't look very good from their videos, but some of them look too ambitious for what the people may be able to pull off. You yes. know what I'm saying? So I think what your video shows is that, hey, we can do this. And so it was very smart to do it in that way. Yes. And that was the entire objective when kind of I was back, I was back and forth between if I wanted to do if we wanted to do a, a, a fun crowdfunding campaign um, because it was it's so challenging because I've done one before on a smaller scale. And it's just really challenging to get asked people for money to make the make a movie. And um, one of the things that I've learned from watching other people's campaigns is that their videos weren't not everyone. But, you know, but, but we all know we've seen the ones that were kind of like, OK, I don't know if I want to give this to you because I don't like your movie. But um, so I wanted to prove to people and show to people we can do this. This is something that we shot on a very small scale. And if you if you love the story, if you love the production value, if you love the acting, if you love what you're seeing, then help us make this movie. Right. Well, I think that comes through. So is this, will this be a SAG after signatory film then? You're talking about A and B list actors. Yes. Yeah. Great. Awesome. I mean, it is just the kind of story that's inspiring and incredible, really, when you look at a blind man and a dog taking a 2,100-mile, eight-month journey through the wilderness. That's, you know, that's something that a lot of people would want to see because it's so inspirational and so exciting. What makes this story even more fascinating is the fact that of, of Orient's character you know, here's this this dog who whose job is to guide a, a blind man, primarily in the city and the suburbs, not on a trail, right. you know, not in the middle of the woods. But these two working together, man and, and dog, two best friends in the woods, you know, Orient is just going and he's and Bill's famous motto was that God leads the dog and the dog leads right. me. So the dog had to learn a lot along the way also, I guess, about <laughs> about doing exactly. his job in a completely different environment than he was trained in. Yeah. Exactly. You know, Orient would have to, Orient would stop in the beginning as Bill was in Georgia. Orient would stop at every rock. <laughs> and... And, and Bill would have to tell him, he would say, fooey, you know, which was, you know, no, no, keep going, keep going. And he, Orient had to unlearn some things. And Bill said this, he said, if we stopped at every rock from here to Maine, we would, we would end up at Katahdin by the turn of the century. And, and you know, this was in 19, 1990. So right. uh, I just always thought that was amazing. And as the journey went in the book, you'll see this. And what we're going to try to portray in the movie, as Bill and Orient went along, it took nine months to complete it. Bill got, Bill was weaker. The further mm. he went, the weaker he got. Mm. But the opposite happened with Orient. The stronger he got. And so what you see is this is this steady steady decline in one while increase in other in the other. But it was it was the balance of that that they were able to keep one another going, and it you know yeah. Bill was able to keep Orient going in the beginning while Orient was able to keep Bill going in the end, and it's just it's just a testament to 
to just endurance in the human spirit as well as as the as the animal spirit as well. You know, there's something there I think is so special. There really is. I hate to ask this. I know I know Bill passed away in March of this year. Uh, is Orient still alive? Orient is not. Oh, uh, Orient nice died, I, be, I believe, in um, 1997. I think was when he. And was died he still with Bill at that time? Is his is his he guy? He was. Yeah. He was with Bill oh. until until the end. Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's 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 sad. But now let me ask you. I think you have as partners uh, maybe some groups that are involved in in this type of uh, animal training or guide dog training or that type thing. Do you not? Or yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that can be important. Yeah. So basically, um, a group called the Seeing Eye um, is the U.S.'s oldest um, guide dog training um, organization. Um, And Bill has received all of his dogs from the Seeing Eye, um, including Orient. And um, when we began to work on this project, we thought it would be a good idea to let them know and kind of ask, hey, could, would you guys be willing to um, be an advisor on this film? Um, because we know you love Bill, we know you love Ori and all of Bill's others, other um, guide dogs. And uh, they happily agreed, and, and it's a great partnership. And we just got the phone with them earlier uh, this week, and um, we've got some marketing things we're going to try to um, partner on, but they're a great organization and everyone has heard of them in the blind community. And so we're just honored that they accepted to kind of be our advisors on the film. You know, I think that's really important and is a good lesson for other filmmakers who may be listening. I did an interview some months ago with some filmmakers who did a really terrific low budget independent film called Angel's Perch. And the, one of the main aspects of that film is one of the main characters has Alzheimer's. And so they were able to partner with an Alzheimer's organization and it turned out to be incredibly beneficial to them. Not only were they able to give them, uh, keep their story real, but they also were able to uh, inform other people who were aware of that organization about the movie and it helped them with their marketing efforts and production efforts as well. So I think that's really important. So if other filmmakers are, are doing maybe a real, a real life story or a story that lends itself to to doing that, don't overlook partnering with these kinds of organizations who can really help you out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, how how many days shooting are you uh, anticipating on the film, and when do you hope for it to go into production? Um, we're planning for a thirty day, a thirty day shoot, and uh, we're hoping to begin production late spring, early summer of two thousand and fifteen. Um, we hope to catch the snow at the top of Mount Katahdin in Maine and then, you know, work our way down to the normal atmospheres, um, environments of, uh, the rest of the States. And so late spring, probably, um, like April, 2015, April, May, 2015. I I was going to ask you, what are the main challenges that you think you're (laughs) facing from seriously, from a weather standpoint, not only actual weather, but are there, are you having to prepare for the eventuality that you may have to do some movie manufactured weather? Yes. There's going to be a lot of movie magic in this film because a lot of what you'll find, what you'll find in the movie and in the book, Bill describes the trail. Um, 
you know, there's not that many great days of hiking. It's all, it's either too hot, too cold, too wet, too dry, Yeah. you know, and then especially when you get to Katahdin, it's all cold and snow. And so, um, we're going to have to do a lot of movie magic on this film. Um, and I've been doing the research and gathering people together, the companies together to collaborate on that effort, but it's, it's definitely going to be challenging as far as the, you know, the set logistics and the the atmosphere, <laughs> the environment of what Bill went through recreating that. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's really, really interesting. Of course, uh, organization on a film is always one of the key ingredients. And it sounds like on a project like this, that's, that's going to be heightened even more because you're dealing with... Uh, a budget that you'd, you know, you'd, you'd like to have several million dollars to do a project, any project, but a project like this, you can certainly do it for the budget that you have, but you have to be incredibly well organized. And I'm sure you guys are all about that. So. Yes, definitely. And in our, in our plan for keeping the budget low um, is once, once we kind of flush out more things um, that may or may not change, but uh, the idea is just to, produce this movie for as little as we can and show people and, and make them think the movie costs a couple million dollars, sure. you know? Um, and I, I'm a firm believer of you don't have to spend that much to get a product that looks like it costs that much. Right. And so my job as a producer of this is to really kind of strategize and think about the business end of things. And um, in addition to the story, obviously, but um, and kind of, keeping things low cost so that we can come out on the end a little bit ahead of the curve. Right. Well, well, how can people get involved? Where should they go to, to get involved in this uh, crowdfunding campaign or what else can they do or where else should they look for information? Yeah. So the crowdfunding campaign, you can find that on Indiegogo if you search Blind Courage, the movie, or you can visit our website, which will take you to the Indiegogo campaign. And our website is blindcouragethemovie.com. And I'll say it again. It's blindcouragethemovie.com. Um, and I'm also available on email. If anybody wants to email me, ask me questions, if they want to help, if they're interested in investing, if they have any tips or any anything I'm open to. We're trying to make a movie. So I am I am open to it. And my email is P O'Neill. That's P O P O N E A L at blindcouragethemovie.com. Super. And mine's easy. It's just cross C Ross <laughs> at at blindcouragethemovie.com. Okay. We'll make sure all of reach me as well. All right. We'll make sure all of those links are on actorstalkpodcast.com so everybody can find you. So you're you're looking at going into production in the spring. Have you? Will you be using a casting director, or will you be self casting? You know what, Tommy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> at right yeah. now, we're we're doing things on our own. We've got um, we're getting ready to partner with someone who has connections in the industry, um, and they may be coming on board as an executive producer. Um, so casting those types of talent may become easier because they have right. those connections. Sure. Um, I have been toying back and forth with contacting a few con casting directors that I know, but because we're the, but that's not included in the budget right now, right. It, you know, it's so yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I, 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 I understand. Well, the, the, the thing is, and you know, this Paula and, and Clint, I'm sure you do too. What you hope for and pray for is that somebody's going to come along. Maybe it's a casting director who so loves the story and, and wants to make it, 
make uh, see that it gets made that they're willing to you know cut you some yes. some uh, some deals that they might not otherwise be able to do in order to help you get this thing done and and hopefully that'll come along you know a quick story I was in a little movie called Dancer Texas Population eighty one back years ago now it's twenty years ago and we were doing that out in West Texas it was a great little script and it was a low budget and the, during the second week of shooting. Someone at Sony actually had read the script and wanted to buy the script and was told the, the, the film was already in production. And so they just they came in and boosted up the budget and and finished the film. So you, you just never know what's going to happen when, you know, when something gets started. So, yes, you know. and lots of lots of God moments like that have been happening with us with this movie, like the more conferences I attend and the more meetings I go to and the more pitches I go to and just kind of get this word out there to people not in my circle. Like a lot of people kind of say, let me know how I can help because I want to help make this movie like this movie needs to get done and I'm willing to help you. So keep me posted, send me updates and give me specifics on how I can help. And so that's been happening. And I'm just praying <laughs> and just trusting and believing that, you know, God is going to see us through this and I'm doing my part and getting everything out there and Clint's doing his part and working on the creative stuff and helping us get this out there and, and, we're just doing our jobs and praying and trusting and believing. Well, it looks like a great project. It really does. I mean, it, it really it really appeals to the to the uh, little boy and me as well as the man. I mean, it and and I think women will like it too. It's it's just a great story. I mean, who couldn't be captivated by this story and so inspirational that I think you have you have the potential to appeal to a very wide audience and you know I, I think it's just just absolutely deserves to get made and get made well and i wish you the best with that one last question just for the filmmakers who might be listening and this is in the and maybe you can help here or not because of the way this came about clint if someone wants to do a story where they they need to acquire life rights or story rights mm -hmm. you did you had sort of an you just picked up the phone and made a call. So that's the mm -hmm. first thing is, is not to be shy about pursuing the project, but are there any tips that you could, you are Paula could give someone about acquiring rights to a real life story. Is, are there any, any tips along that line or is there anything like that that you could offer? Yeah, that's well, a, that's a great question with, I, I, I'm a firm believer in sharing my heart with people. And, and that I'm not trying to be you know, super spiritual about anything or anything like that. I just feel like every time that I've approached someone, I try to, first of all, be honest, sincere, appreciative, and upfront, honestly. Um, and because uh, I think people can smell things, <laughs> you know, they can yeah. smell when someone's fake. They can smell when, you know, someone's after something that, that uh, is not good for them. And my, uh, that's how I usually approach, I, you know, I've, I've reached out to, uh, famous people. I've reached out to, uh, producers at high, high, high levels and just been honest with them. And, and next day I'm on the phone with them. Uh, it's not about persuasion or manipulation. I think it's just about being honest and sincere in what it is that you're looking for. And I found that when you speak from the heart, most people will listen. And it's the people that, that, most likely you want to be in business with that will respond back to that, mm -hmm. you know, and try to find a way to, uh, to meet your need or to work with you on, uh, on, on your vision. 
So that would be my advice, honestly. Uh, and, and obviously there is the legal side and that comes with things. Sometimes you need to do your homework to find out if there, if there are, if the rights have already been bought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the person is, is not looking to, uh, you know, to, to, to do something else with it. So, uh, do your homework, be sincere, and, but don't be afraid to reach out. That's the best advice. In, I can, in I can this say. case, did you guys have any issues that you had to clean up from past associations that Bill had for people that had either had options on the property or who had wanted to make uh, the movie, but it, it didn't work out? Or was all that sort of free and clear by the time you came along? It yeah, was all free and clear. Oh, that's super. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a blessing. Paula, really was. did you have something you wanted to add? No, not really. Just, I mean, for me, it was, I'm, I'm more of a, <laughs> I'm more kind of logistical kind of in the way I, I think. And basically, you know, Clint laid the groundwork and kind of, you know, spoke to Deborah and Bill and, and, and they loved him and we, they decided to work together. And then on my end, it was just a matter of contacting some lawyers and having them draft up the documents and uh, sending that to Deborah and Bill um, and, but also being sincere in that contract because the lawyers draft the contracts kind of to give you, like they, they draft them really mean, like, you know, <laughs> we, you know, we, we get this and forever and eternity and da, 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 da. so we sent that to, to, to Deborah and, and she says, I'm not comfortable with this language, you know, and, sure. and certain things. And so being able to work with them and not being, you know, so, you know, rigid right. and, you know, so that was kind of my experience with right. the whole rights thing, working with the contract with Deborah and her lawyers and making it so that they're comfortable with what we're agreeing to. But it was pretty, it was a pretty easy process. And, awesome. and yeah. Yeah. I, I believe it's correct that Bill passed away in March yes. of, of this year. Had he been able to read the script or was it finished at that time? No, it was not finished at mm-hmm. that time. Um, That's a shame. We, Yes, we were for about um, a year and a half. We were having story meetings where we were, you know, I was primarily working on a uh, scriptment, you know, kind of a treatment, and and I would get updates to Bill, and he would kind of see how things were being shaped and and where I was at and what I was feeling uh, with the story. And uh, he liked it. There were certain things that that uh, that he really liked, and obviously there's some things that we that are in the book that we can't put in the movie. And I would have to talk with them. And are you comfortable with leaving that out? And you know, can I skip over this? <laughs> things like that, you know. And he he was just so gracious, and he understood storytelling himself. I mean, he was uh, a motivational speaker, a very sought after motivational speaker. So he knew the power of storytelling and how to shape a story, and uh, so he was not at all afraid to um, to really make this what it needed to be, at its depth and its emotional depth. And uh, Bill was just an amazing, amazing person to work with, and it was obviously a heartbreaker mm. when um, when we found out that he had, the day that he had passed away. Right. Um, you know, first of all, to fill for Deborah and the family, mm. um, but on the the, the film standpoint it was as as the one working on the script primarily you know my source was gone you know i was right. used to could call bill or email bill about a question or something and it was gone i mean he was the storyteller so it was really commissioned uh it was a great thing to have his blessing to move forward and deborah's blessing to move forward despite the absence of of her husband 
but she has just been uh, a trooper and came with us as we shot mm-hmm. the concept video <laughs> and uh, was a huge help for actor Bill Obers Jr. And, um, you know, so she's going all the way with us and we cannot say enough good things about her. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're, we're trying to honor her husband mm-hmm. and honor his memory and, uh, and honor the book and, and what God did through his life. This is a fantastic project. It's sad that Bill passed away, but it's rather awesome that he leaves behind a legacy of perseverance and determination and faith that can be so inspirational to people. And I really look forward to seeing what you do with that story in this film. What I would love to do, maybe, and I'll put you on the spot here, and you can agree or disagree, but once the film is done down the line, it would be great to have you back to talk about the, the film that was made and, and the experiences you had making the film. I think it would be kind of neat to come at it from the other side uh, of the coin sometime in the future if you'd like to do that. Most definitely. Absolutely. We'd love to. Well, guys, it's been great talking to you. I've been speaking with producer Paula O'Neill, director Clint Ross, the project Blind Courage. Blind Courage, and, and we'll have links to the Indiegogo campaign and Facebook pages and all those things where you can link up with this project and help them reach their very, very obtainable, but it is not a small goal of $300,000. Yes. You're going to need a lot of people to jump in and support, and I hope that people who hear this podcast will give it uh, the utmost consideration. This is really the kind of film that can have wide-ranging impact and bring a lot of joy to people and happiness to them as a film-going experience. I really like this kind of film, and I appreciate each of you being on Actors Talk. Sure thing. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Tommy. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to finally talk to you after all these years. Yeah, same same here. Thanks. And and Clint, nice to meet you. God bless you. And thanks again. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, Tommy, for what you're doing. It's awesome. Take care. Thank you. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Well, that was my guests, producer Paula O'Neill. Did I say Paula? (laughs) Those were my guests, producer Paula O'Neill and Clint Ross, director of Blind Courage. Man, I really love this kind of movie, and I think uh, I think it really deserves to be made. So and I, I, I want to see it made, and hopefully you will consider donating to their crowdfunding campaign. So you'll have links at the show notes, actorstalkpodcast.com slash 55. That will be the direct link to that episode, actorstalkpodcast.com slash 55. Thank you so much. God bless you. I look forward to giving you some more information soon on the new short film, Tattered Blanket, that I am in that will be coming out soon. The great Jurgen Beck did the music. Leanne Morris is the producer and writer. Lucas Kitchen, director, and it's almost finished. I hear they are really, really heading to the home stretch on Tattered Blanket. I look forward to being able to share information on how you can see that film shortly. Until next time, I hope to see you in the movies. God bless you all. This is Tommy. So long.